A jazz show from the fans for the fans. This is the Jazz Fan Show. Jazz Fan Show. Presented by TridayTrading.com. Hey, where you guys been? I missed you. All jazz talk, all the time. I gotta tell you, you got me hooked, man. Right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome into the Jazz Fan Show. Brian Van Dorn here. Who are you? Hi, my name's Kelby Jones. Kelby, it's been a few weeks. Dude. Some stuff's going on. Is there? I just, I don't really know. The streets have been empty, you know? Just a little bit. Not a lot of traffic on the roads. <laughs> and um, and so we've got to play a couple of our favorite shows the last few weeks. You know, we had some highlights with the Lemon, with Tony Park, so. Yeah. It's nice that we have some some actual legitimate guests that we can fall back on, you know? Some real highlights. It's not just us yelling for an hour. We've been working hard, and... Um, and also, our sponsor, Tri-Day Trading, has been extremely busy. Um, those of you that follow our show or know that's the, the main sponsor here. Um, day trading is something that a lot of people have, have got more interested in because it's something you can do from home. Yeah. You know, working from home and, and generating an income. And then I think most people are also finding out in day trading, it doesn't matter if the stock market's going up or the stock market's going down. You can make money either way. Yeah, a lot of people uh, kind of watch that, you know, their accounts drop with the stock market there quite a bit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if uh, our listeners pay attention to that much, but stock market fell a bit. So people lost some money. And uh, the good thing about day trading is you can make money when that market falls. So, yeah. So if you're feeling some pain or you're looking for, um, you know, a potential other source of income, try it out. There's a uh, 30 day trial for $10. You know, you can do it around any schedule and then um, you get a practice so you can actually see like what money you would have made had you done certain things and, and kind of just play with the market, but, um, you know, not have to put all your money on the line. And that $10 gets donated, right? To yes. coronavirus relief. Yes, it does. So really you're just, you know, you're donating to a good cause. You're able to try day trading for 30 days and, and see if it is something that's right for you. Yeah. So if you uh, want to check out a little bit more, go to trydaytrading.com. Watch the free webinar, sign up for the trial if you want, and um, give it a shot. Yeah, it's something that, you know, I think is good to do, especially with the fact that there's been no sports, no basketball, no anything for over a month, dude. How have you been handling it? What have you been doing? I don't know. Yeah, I've, it's been the most productive month of my life, man. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of like anything um, painful that happens, right? The first little bit's extremely painful you know it's top of the mind and you're just feeling the loss yeah so i mean i've kind of progressed you know a little bit from there and um yeah i mean as far as looking for the positive i mean the negatives we we see on tv every day all day you know the list of of the damage that's being done and right. the, the real people that are being affected and that and that's hard to not you know let it affect um me yeah. Right. And, and I mean, by affecting me, it's going to, and you want to, um, understand, you want to do anything you can to help. You want to, um, really be respectful of, of other people who are going through big things. Um, uh, but also you, you're living your life now totally different. You're at home and, um, and there, you are able to get some things done. And, and honestly, looking at the, the best of a bad situation, I've enjoyed spending, more time with the family, you know, quality time. 
And, and yeah, getting some things done that I probably would not have done otherwise. Not only quality time, but you're also spending some quantity time there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> some, it doesn't, it's not all quality, right? A little bit of both. Sometimes you're just forced to be in the same room and that's, that's, you know, beneficial in its own way. But no, it's funny. I've, I like, you know, I bought a house recently just right before, you know, crap hit the fan, just decided to purchase a house. So, uh, but Fit, I, I spent like a good solid four days fixing some sprinklers, you know, like it's been really nice to get some projects done. Uh, I will say I just I don't know what to do in terms of like distracting myself. Like I just miss sports so much, man. Well, let me ask you, have you been watching any of the replays? I mean, the, the jazz replays, they've thrown some stuff out there. Have you sat down and watched any of them? You know, I thought that I would a lot more, but I think honestly, like it would be too hard. Like it, it would just like bring up painful memories or something. I don't know. Like it will, it would just remind me that we're missing basketball. It wouldn't be a nice distraction. It would just be like, Oh man, can't believe that we're missing this right now. You know? So I just decided to kind of quit cold Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, paying, I'm paying attention, you know, but I'm not, I'm not going through YouTube and watching full blown playoff runs and things. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know, <laughs> The first step is just admitting that you have a problem. Right. And I've I've gone through my uh, detox, you know. Yeah. I had the shakes for a while, but I'm back on track. I'm now. stronger here on the other side. So um I haven't watched I haven't I really haven't watched them either. Um I'm I enjoyed every single one of them the first time I watched them, you know, and seeing highlights, but I haven't gone back to watch them. It sounds like just from you know, being being involved in Jazz Twitter, that there are some people that are really enjoying that. I think it's cool that they're playing those games. Yeah, just for me, I haven't I haven't went back and watched them either. I will say that like I have been reminded of a lot of uh, past games and things because of podcasts that I listen to and stuff. You know, like I've been listening to a ton of uh, just uh, sports podcasts where they'll go through things from the past, just because they're trying to keep content flowing. You know what I mean? Unlike us, who just decided to take a three-week break here <laughs> but uh well it's you, been can good. O- you can only fill up so much time in between horse competitions exactly you know? and we're going to talk about that in you know a little <laughs> bit because that has kind of been the highlight of things yes uh good old mike conley brought the banner yeah, home just, yeah <laughs> should should they hang a banner for it <laughs> why not <laughs> coronavirus why not? horse champion um so let me just let's just you know jump right in i have a list of things to talk about here because uh you know it's been a while uh, it's been a while bring it uh are we gonna finish the season man like Um, do you think the nba season will finish in some way or or another or will they just end up canceling no okay it will finish in some way or another my opinion too much money's on the line yeah that's true too much money's on the line i mean you look at obviously the players and the owners that's that's only really one part of it because You've got advertisers. You've got people that have invested money into, you know, I mean, professional sports. And we're just talking basketball right now where, um, you know, I don't think I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think there's any way they uh, leave that money on the table or try to work something out. I think they they find a way to finish the season in one form or another. Yeah. And they've already left quite a bit of money on the table. Right. I mean, it's been pretty crazy it's crazy to think about the amount of money that uh you know even just going into like the tv deals and stuff like that it's it's crazy how much that they could have already lost and potentially lose moving forward yeah so it's hard to know when you go through something that's never happened before yeah it's it's really tough to know yeah um adam silver says that there will not be an update until at least may 1st so we have to kind of we have to 
make do for another how what day is it i don't even know what day i who who knows what day it is right day of the week is what it is (laughs) it's today today (laughs) so we probably have another couple weeks until we even get uh an update an update on that but there have been some ideas floated you know they i've been reading a lot of articles that say the owners are optimistic that there will be a finish to the season uh i know i have have you heard about the 25 day return to action plan from the nba I haven't. Basically, like when the when they're given an okay, like when the health advisors and everything say you're okay to kind of start up again, uh, they have like a 25 day plan before to like ramp it up to get back into the season. Oh, okay. So that's in place, I think. But um, yeah, it's just it's crazy to think about the the changes that might happen, you know, because yeah. of this and how the season may end. There's, uh, you know, one option is Bubble City. Have you heard of the Bubble City option? Um, I can picture it. <laughs> yeah. So people are saying maybe all the players just, you know, live in Las Vegas for a month or something. This has been floated around all different types of sports, by yeah. the way. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's a thing that, that could happen? Basically, all the players uh, stay in one city. They really they test everybody as much as they can, make sure this thing's not getting out of control and just play out the rest of the season without fans. Do you think that's that's possible? You know, I had um, an article that I read that suggested Walt Disney World as that location. Um, you know, I mean, just because of how big that is, how they could spread out, how they could have different places. So, <laughs> I mean, all of these ideas, no matter how crazy, I'm sure are being discussed at some level. This is my this is my concern is if they do something unique, um, you know, that would require like a, an isolation or that would require a big move. Well, you're not going to get the same participation. I think there's going to be players that would opt out. Yeah, It's not going to be close to the same. Now, if we get into a situation where they can play the games and there's just no fans, right? But the rest of their lives are fairly consistent. I yeah. think that's. I think that would bring you know the same level of competition, the, the players that we want to see. But that's my concern is if we come up with some unique solution, the, uh, you know, the entire NBA and, and some of the players aren't going to want to participate. I think it's safe to say that this season, there will probably not be any fans at the games. Oh yeah. I think that's going to like, there's no way that that is actually going to happen. So if that, if you're thinking that you're going to go to another NBA game this season, I'm sorry, it's probably not going to happen, which by the way, I had tickets to that Denver game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's tough. It's tough when you see that. It's tough when like all these people uh, are posting, oh, this, today would have been the season finale or uh, today the Jazz would have been playing OKC. And it just kind of, it just, like, maybe let's just take a break. We don't have to talk about that, right? We don't have to remind ourselves of how sad we are. It's like when, you know, the ski resorts are posting uh, videos of how much snow they've gotten and then reminding us that they're closed, you know? It's like, <laughs> why are you showing us? Just, let's just, let's just pretend like things are fine, you know? I just, I don't know. It's, it's just weird to me that we keep opening up the wound to pour more salt in, you know? It's what we're doing. It is what we're doing. Um, and, and ultimately, because there's no uh, end in sight. Like, there's not a deadline. Right. Right? So we get to go back and forth of, of what if or possibly or maybe. Yeah. And that's the problem is that, you know, like, they just keep being, like, they, they're like, they're not like, this is the day that we will know. It's just like, yeah, we'll know sometime. We'll, we'll let you guys know all this stuff. But uh, me, I personally, like, I like the bubble city idea. You know, I think it's, it, if it has to come to that, then sure. Anything basically to, uh, 
finish the season somehow. There's been all these things where like people are saying, let's just do the playoffs, right? Like let's just do a version of the playoffs where it's like the first round's a three game thing. And then the second round's five game thing. I don't really love that. Like I would like it to have the kind of the same format at least, or have some uh, similarities to like a normal end of year. But uh, I don't know. Like if it comes to that, I'll be happy I, at this point. I'd, I'd be happy with anything, you know, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I mean, we talked about this when everything first happened, you know, and realizing how important sports are in our life for, for different reasons. Yeah. But I think when sports come back, you know, I'm definitely going to appreciate it a little bit more, Yeah, you know, and also just enjoy it. Yeah. And, and that distraction we don't have right now. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, I think kind of, uh, you know, I mean, a symbol as, as things start coming back, you know, they're not going to be the same as they were before and for a while or, or maybe never. Yeah. I mean, there could be some things that, that change stuff forever, but as we start to bring some things back, I think that's going to feel good. It's going to make it more important. I think sports is, is primed and ready to kind of lead the way on, on, on some of this stuff. You know what I think is funny? is that I was kind of to the point where like if I felt like the game wasn't going how I thought it, I wanted it to go, you know, I, I was like, well, there'll just be another game and I could just turn it off because like, I didn't, I didn't want to experience the pain of watching my team lose. If I knew they were going to lose. Right. I think I'm just all in now. Like who cares if they're losing, at least they're playing and we should just enjoy it and appreciate it. You know, like, (laughs) you know, like the close games, the jazz had, it seemed like the jazz had a million close games, right? And it would always come down to the wire and they were actually doing pretty well with it. But I just remember like me and my wife watching these games and being like, "Ugh, this is too much stress for me. You know, like my anxiety is off the charts, but now I don't think that's going to be the case. That's kind of a blessing, right? Yeah. We'll look at the positives. It's a silver lining of this whole horrible, horrible, stupid thing. But um, no, hopefully, I mean, there's also been some rumors of, you know, some owners are saying maybe we'll start up in June. We'll have like a 25 day training you know period so the players can get back in shape and kind of get back in the flow of things and then even just end the season in october like just run a normal season the rest of the the rest of the season and then have it finish in october how do you feel about that so if they finish in october then push off the start of the next year till christmas yeah they'd they'd have a really short off season or i mean later they could do it later right yeah I would like to see as much basketball as possible. Yeah. And I'd like to see the competition be as, as high of a level as it has been, you know, and if that's just moving some, some things on the calendar, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we're talking about the end of the season. We're talking about, you know, the teams returning. We should probably mention, uh, or at least, uh, just talk about Rudy and, and Donovan, right? Yeah. Cause isn't it, isn't it, absence makes the heart grow fonder is that what they say i think so i don't i don't know but absence makes the heart grow fonder and our guys are just you know starting to feel better about each other the longer (laughs) the longer they're apart it's crazy dude like (laughs) we remember like the report coming out that said that their donovan and rudy's relationship was not salvageable yeah and i remember reading that being like what are these people saying so true and then it just kept growing and growing and it was like no one was saying anything about it. But I feel like we're at a pretty good point now, right? It I seems like that's kind of blown over. We've got comments from everybody, it seems like. It seems like no matter who they're interviewing from the jazz, they always ask them this question. 
But yeah, and we've gotten statements now from how many different people? Yeah. So here's here's another one of the problems I see with sports right now is because the team isn't getting together on a regular basis, right? The anything that comes up isn't necessarily like talked about or dealt with right away. Yeah. Because we, who knows what's going on? We got time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's and save that for later. The other part of it is the the media is consistently looking for something, you know, to grab people's attention. Yeah. And if it has to be some, you know, blown out of proportion story, then they're all for it. So, yeah, I think that uh, it, it, it's almost crazy looking back on how big of a, a deal you know, it was made out to be. And the truth of the matter is we'll never know, you know, Hans talked about it this week when, when they brought it up briefly, he's been a professional athlete, been in a locker room. We have no idea how often, you know, these things could come up between players. You know what? You're not going to like everybody on your team. Yeah. Maybe they have, um, not maybe, they have disagreements and arguments behind the scene. <laughs> Just like anyone else. Sometimes not even behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, I've seen them yell at each other on the court. Yeah. You know, it just in front of everybody because that's what this is. Like, it's an intense game. They're playing professional basketball, you know? And ultimately, you know, it is, it's their job. And when you go to your job, you find a way to get it done and... And you try to do it, you know, the best way possible. Yeah, I've seen you yell at just hundreds and hundreds of people here in the office, you know? Yeah. You're always yelling at people, and it's not because... Well, it normally <laughs> starts with you. <laughs> exactly. If you'd quit being such a slacker, we wouldn't but have to worry about it. I know it's out of love, Ryan, you know? I know it's because you want to win. You want to win the game, and I appreciate it. That's why I don't, I don't yell back. No, I'm just kidding. No, and that's the thing. Like, it's going to happen. They're just part of a team. It's just, it's been good to see them you know, address it finally, I guess. And, you know, yeah, just put it to, just put it to rest. I right. mean, the other thing about, about a conflict like this too, is, you know, it takes one conversation behind the scenes for people to really maybe sometimes get on the same page, Yeah, you know, to just talk, talk stuff through, come to an understanding, even if you don't a hundred percent agree. And so it's nice to see those things go on. It feels like everybody who could comment on it or has been asked about it now has, has said their piece and it feels like, you know, we're ready to focus on getting back to basketball and our guys, yeah, our entire team is ready to focus on winning. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen uh, any, any posts by Donovan Mitchell since this whole thing went down, but anytime he posts on Instagram or anywhere, if you look at those comments, there is not a single comment that doesn't say, what's going on with you and Rudy? Why aren't you talking to Rudy? What's going on with Rudy? Quit being a child. Quit acting like a child. Just talk to Rudy. Be grown men. Which, by the way, maybe let's stop doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's stop tearing down these guys. Let's try and be positive people. You know, the whole world's kind of going through something right now. We don't all need to be super negative. Yeah. Getting some real, real negative vibes here, you know? You're right. It was getting a little crazy. And you know what? Jazz Twitter is a crazy place anyway. So it, yeah. you throw well, a little fuel on that fire and it's going to run. Dude, I literally, that he had an Instagram post and I scrolled through and it was like 99% of comments. It was to the point that even NBA players were posting, why don't you talk to Rudy? And then <laughs> laughing it up, you know? Like, I think it was uh, Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox, sorry. He uh, posted like, are you going to talk to Rudy? And then parentheses, he's like, I'm just posting this because everyone else posted it. And it's completely true. Yeah, It was weird, man. 
So, yeah, I don't know. It was just good to hear him say, you know, he said that they've moved on and that he's just ready to hoop. Donovan said that. And then there was also the statement by Rudy and then Joe Ingles, you know, has been asked about it. And he basically just, you know, told everyone to shut up, which that's a great idea. It's a typical Joe Ingles answer yeah. and, and one that I think we needed at the time. So let's take some even advice. Mike Conley, dude. Yeah. Even Mike Conley after his game of horse, they asked him about it. So it's uh, let's just put it to rest. Let's just think, think of the future and hopefully, you know, get that freaking game back going. Let's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's driving me crazy. That's all I'm saying. I mean, talking about putting something to rest, maybe we need to, to take a little break because... Yeah, I'm just worn out. I know you can only go so many minutes at a time before you need a little break. Yeah, especially now. I might just burst into tears at any moment. You know, I'm a little overwhelmed. So (laughs) go find your safe space. Find your safe space. And we'll be back with more Jazz Fan Show after this. Credit new 2019 Toyota Corolla number 1852 down three payments of $88 81 remaining payments of 269 and 5.74 APR plus tax tag title at 299 dealer fee see dealer for details offer expires 4119 doing business at Carl Malone Toyota is an automotive game changer and yes that was their disclaimer you just heard but most places put them at the end but they're not like most places they do things differently at Malone Toyota for starters they're committed to saving you time and earning your trust that begins with John JD and Brandon call them anytime at 801 801- 8102073. Ask them about how you get more with Malone, and they'll tell you that Malone Toyota offers you test drives at your home or office, purchase via cell phone or email, and they'll deliver your new car right to you. Military rebates are doubled for qualifying purchases, and as always, any new 2019 Toyota can be yours for just $88 down and $88 a month. The mailman is still delivering during Toyota's Ready, Set, Go sales event. Going on now at Carl Malone Toyota. Click MaloneToyota.com. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call it. Thanks for joining us on the Jazz Fan Show here at 97.5, 1280 The Zone. That would be The Zone Sports Network, home of your Utah Jazz. Yeah. Even during the offseason, even during pandemics. Yeah. This is where you, where you can hear about it. Yeah. Of your Utah Jazz. Right? Even if there kind of isn't a Utah Jazz at the moment. True. So, had a little tweet come through recently. I mean, it was yesterday sometime. Yeah, but looks like the NBA owners and players have come to some type of uh, short-term agreement here. Yeah, I think it was uh, Waj, you know, Wojnarowski, who just reported, well, not just reported, yesterday in a tweet, said that uh, they had just finalized an agreement that like 25% of pay was going to be held from each player's paycheck. So... Obviously, that affects more than some, right? Yeah. You think about all the guys who are maybe on, uh, you know, like a two-way contract or whatever, the Rajon Tuckers and the, uh, I don't know. It's been so long, man. Who are these guys? <laughs> Juwan Morgan. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to really affect these guys. Obviously, it's going to affect everybody in the league, but some more than others. And that it's it kind of sucks, not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, but honestly, it, it's just like everyone else is going through. You know, I mean, I, it really shouldn't be any different. I That's mean, true. all of us are going through, um, or we know people in our lives who, you know, might, might not even have a job to come back to. That's true. And I think this, uh, this 25%, you know I mean? That's, uh, that's, it's really a small sacrifice for everything that's, that, that's going on. Yeah. It says that will, uh, it will start on May 15th is when that will actually go into effect. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe it won't last that long, you know, fingers crossed, yeah, and that's what we're all hoping that everything can, you know, kind of come back to normal. 
I know that um, there's been some talk about uh, about the NBA and some of the finances, and it was it was kind of surprising to hear you know a few of the players say that close to a third of the league lives check to check. Yeah, that's crazy. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I guess it just proves you can uh, you can spend as much money as you can make. So that's right. That's right. No yeah, matter so, no matter how much it is. So yeah, they're taking a hit too, but. Um, Man, join the rest of everybody during this this tough time, and I think that's more than fair. Yeah, you know, there's tons of us out there that would say, "Hey, you know, I'll take 75 percent of my wages just just to be able to continue working." Yeah, it's crazy, and it's like every you know every it seems like every like company, every show, every network or whatever has furloughed employees. I read that uh, like uh, SB Nation, you know, just furloughed like a bunch of their employees and stuff. It's just crazy, man. It's kind of depressing, you know. That's yeah. uh, I think maybe instead of just talking about all this depressing stuff, maybe we we think about happier things. You know, maybe what what the season might have been like had a, the pandemic not just appeared. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I, I'm looking at J Notes, jnotes.com. It's a pretty good jazz blog if yeah. you're a jazz fan. Uh, they did a simulation. I think it was just on 2K. You know, <laughs> that's how it goes. Of of how, all we've got. That's right. Just Nintendo. No, how the season would have ended. Uh, you know, had it actually ended the way uh, we thought it would. Basically, they had the Jazz ending the season, 53 wins, 29 losses, which <laughs> would have been really tough for Bruce Pitcher. I think. You know, would have been a little hard just to come just that close and still have to get the John Elway tattoo. I think maybe he's, you know, just a happy guy these days. <laughs> Dodge that bullet a little yeah, bit. If we're going to look on the positive. That's one positive for for Bruce. for so, sure. So where would you think that 53 wins would put us in the West in terms of seating? Yeah. You know what? Probably fifth. Sixth, man. Sixth. Sixth. Ooh. Um, I guess basically... If we, I think we were tied with Houston or something like that, so they ended up taking the fifth spot. But that would have put us uh, against Denver in the first round, which I don't know. I don't know that I mind that too much. Yeah, you know? it's, it's so weird. I mean, Denver's been um, an up and coming team for a few years now. Their record's been awesome, but for some reason, and, and maybe not all Jazz fans, but it feels like a lot of us like that matchup and feel a lot better about it than. You know, some yeah. of the other options. Like against Houston, everyone, we just dread playing Houston, right? Based yeah. on last year and things. And just every single game that we play against them. I don't know. Dude, one of the most satisfying moments of my entire, even maybe sports life Whoa. was watching Bogey hit that three against them. You know? <laughs> and they had that replay uh, recently. I don't remember if it was just on AT&T Sportsnet or whatever, but yeah. uh, there was a bunch of like uh, highlights of Bogey hitting that shot. And it got me just as fired up, man. It was so good to see that ball just just pure hit the net, you know? That was a big one. That <sighs> was a big one. That's what I missed, dude. I missed that kind of stuff. Bogey. Gosh, remember how we have Bogey on our team now? Yeah, I can't even finish the year. Hey, Jeez. Bogey just, just figured out that he still has Twitter during this break. <laughs> That's right. I did see that. He's like, yeah, I just remember I had Twitter. <laughs> but... um. As far as like the other standings go, it had the Lakers obviously in first, the Clippers in second, but it had Denver in third, so we would have played them. But the 4-5 matchup would have been OKC versus Houston, which I probably would have paid attention to that, you know? I would have, I would have tuned in for those games, even though I hate both teams, but... 
OKC has been a big surprise. And and honestly, Chris Paul. I mean, I hate playing against that guy. But, you know, he's 35 years old and he went in there and he's proved that uh, he still belongs. Yeah, it's crazy. I had no idea that he would show up that well this season. Yeah, I think he surprised a lot of people, you know, and then, I mean, he went and blew it at horse, but that's true. We can't win at all. (laughs) He was one of the matchups. I forgot that he was even part of it because he he just lost so quickly. Lost in the first round. Yeah. So maybe let's just talk about that now, you know, horse. Yeah. Let's talk about that horse game. So Mike Conley, uh, Utah jazz point guard, Mike Conley. Yeah. Has a better gym than anybody. Seriously. (laughs) That was one of my points, man. His indoor gym looked awesome, right? Totally. Is he back in? Uh, yeah, I don't know, Indiana, Memphis. Yeah, he you? said where he, he said he actually said where he, where he's at. I think it is Indiana. Yeah, that's where he's from, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that was the first thing I noticed was like he has a just a legit indoor court, which it's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, you would that's think more of him. I was surprised to see more of him outside. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. He beat so Zach Levine, who he ended up beating in the the championship or whatever the horse championship was just playing out in an outdoor court. Like it looked like it was freezing outside. He had like a hoodie on and yeah. stuff. So I don't know. Conley definitely uh, had some advantages in this horse tournament. Smart guy. He beat Tamika catchings, right? Yeah. He beat Chauncey Billups uh, in the second round. Big shot Billups. That's right. And then Zach Levine in the championship. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's nice. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did not watch a single second of it live. Whoa. I'm uh, like I said, I, Fairweather horse fan. It hurts, man. It kind of hurts to see, but uh, I did watch some highlights. He, I mean, it's definitely an advantage to be able to use both hands, right? Yes. And he said some pretty interesting things about that. Like, he said that if he could do it all over again, he'd just go fully right-handed. Like, because he shoots left-handed. Yeah. But he can use both hands. And in fact, most of the shots that he was winning with were with his, you know, quote-unquote offhand, which he doesn't have one, right? So he had like a behind the back uh, layup with his offhand. Yeah. Do you think you could even come close with that? No, you're right. You know, and I mean, that's what you got to do in horse. You got to play to your advantages. That's right. I was disappointed in the creativity. Well, like, and there's only so many things you can do from your backyard, but I was yeah. hoping to see a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I think they had to keep it pretty simple just because not everyone had the same circumstances, right? Yeah. So like he couldn't make like a bouncing off the wall shot because there weren't walls on these other players' courts. I will say I did watch some highlights from a horse competition that they had in like the 70s, right? Right. And it was Pete Maravich versus someone else. I don't even know who else it was, but Maravich was, it was sweet, man. He was doing some cool stuff. Although in that horse tournament, there definitely were just like, he was like, I'm just going to shoot this from the top of the key. Just like an easy shot. And like he was winning on that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. because no one ever shot outside, <laughs> outside shots back in the day, you know, when there was no three point line. So the good old days. Uh, but yeah, he also another shot I just kind of want to mention is that Conley hit uh, over the backboard uh, layup with his offhand as well. Yeah. Like those were the kinds of shots that he was hitting. He obviously had some advantages. He played it pretty smart. So congrats to Mike Conley. Thanks yep. for, thanks for bringing a ship to Utah. You know, those are the kind of shots that win you banners. <laughs> That's right. We got to get him some sort of banner, right? I agree. We got to recognize him somehow because that might just be the, the championship of the league this year. But I'm thinking new possible New Jersey horse edition. How are you using your offhand by the you way? Know? Not great. I, cause I look ridiculous. Not great. 
Like I could probably make a, a foul shot 50% of the time. Yeah. But if it requires some other coordination, like driving to the hoop or spinning around, I'm done. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I can, I can use my left hand. I'm right-handed. I can use my left hand, but I have to use every ounce of focus in my body. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, um, so yeah, that's good to see. Good to see Mike Conley win that. Now let's talk about the end of year awards. Okay. Since, I mean, it's, it might not technically be the end of year, but, uh, it kind of is, you know, <laughs> it should be at least right. Uh, it's the first end of year. This week would have been the, the last game of the regular season. So mm. like I said, I had tickets and it, it hurts me every time to say that. But <laughs> um, so I'm just going to ask you who you have as your picks. Okay. And then I'll, I'll tell you mine. The first end of year award MVP. MVP. Who's your MVP of the season? Which honestly, this one might be the most complicated. The answer. hardest one for yeah. sure. Um. I'm going to go Donovan. Okay. It's not by a big stretch. I mean, Rudy, Rudy shut people down this year and had some, some awesome, he really had a a good year. I think he stepped up from last year. Uh, However, I think Donovan um, took a bigger step and, um, and really had a big impact on, on this year. You? I got to go with Rudy, man. I, I see what you're saying. And I feel like this one, could be a toss up, you know what I mean? Because they're both pretty important guys, but Rudy, like it, we're a completely, completely different team without him, you know? And I get that that's mostly on the defensive side, but he, I don't know. I feel like he definitely took some steps on the offensive end too. He was starting and this just, it just hurts me, but he was starting to get that little hook going, you know, he was starting to use his left hand a little bit more and it just, I don't know. sucks that that just had to stop really quick, but it does. And you're you're right though. He did have a, a big year. I think what swayed me the other direction was um we still had a, I mean a, a fairly average defense, you know, even going into the last few years before the stoppage. Yeah. You know, I mean we were getting we weren't in the top ten in defense anymore. Yeah. And you know, that's not all on Rudy. Oh right, that's true. We wonder uh I mean, I wonder how much worse it would have been if he wasn't there, you know? <laughs> so there's that. You know you know how, like, after a certain amount of time, you kind of just forget all the bad things and only remember the good? Oh, yeah. I think that's where I'm at, man. <laughs> like, I, I just barely remembered the team started going small ball against us and how hard of a time we were having with that, right? Fair enough. Stupid Houston just exposed this crazy flaw that we had, and I had completely forgotten about it after a month and a half with no basketball, so... Thanks for reminding me of that. Few painful <laughs> reminders. That's right. Um, so that's that's where we differ there. You have Donovan. I have, I have uh, Rudy as team MVP. Uh, the next one, defensive player of the year, obviously. I'm going Rudy. Yeah. You got to go Rudy, right? Got to go Rudy, but honorable mention to Tony Bradley. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about him in a sec. Maybe. I will at least. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so sixth man of the year. Sixth man of the year. Um I mean, I'd love to say it was our minivan, but I mean, Clarkson was, yeah, he was the difference maker. Totally. And I get that he only played, you know, part of the year with us, but he was going crazy, man. He was having 30 point games left and right. It seemed, I'm constantly, I was constantly surprised by him. Like just his, his amount of his like contribution immediately to the team was very obvious. He came in and filled a, a big hole that we had. Um, his skill set just happened to be like right there with what we needed. Yeah. And so that's impressive. And I mean, 
not not only on the Jazz was he the the sixth man, but I mean he was in the conversation for sixth man of the year across the league. Yeah. It's yeah, he definitely was putting up numbers. Hopefully, I mean, that's another thing that, you know, it's kind of hard to think about is that if the season just kind of ends, you know, and doesn't end normally, like what's going to happen with Jordan Clarkson? Yeah. Is he gone? You know, like it, he it honestly, he definitely like his value went up there this For season. Sure. You know, like teams were able to see what he's capable of when he's in a good system. I mean, he was capable of a lot when he was on Cleveland and Lake, those Lakers teams that like were kind of dysfunctional, you know, he obviously was putting up decent numbers there, but it seemed like when he came to the jazz and a set system where, you know, he knew when he was going to have the ball, he knew what he needed to do and what his role was, his value like skyrocketed. Yeah. I hope that uh, he, he enjoyed the time that he, he was here as well. You know, sometimes you got to be at a place for a while before you feel comfortable or before you know you want to be there long term. Yeah. And hopefully he had that opportunity, you know, with the with the partial season here to to really get to know the guys, the system. And, and hopefully he feels good about, you know, moving forward here because it would be it'd be a big loss if, if he ended up going somewhere else. Yeah. But I, I could see him getting a lot of money to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like I just it's sad, but I hate to say it, but I could definitely see that. Plus, he's one of the last remaining players to wear just the long Corver socks, you know, <laughs> the Keith Van Horn socks. You don't see that anywhere else, it seems like, except Jordan Clarkson these days. Good job, Jordan. <laughs> All right. Who's your most improved player this year? Most improved, and this is probably where you're going to bring Tony Bradley back up again because it'd be hard not to choose him. I'm um, just off the top of my head trying to think if uh, anyone else really sticks out. You, you know, I think. Tony Bradley is the one that deserves it. Um, no one thought at the beginning of the season that uh, Ed Davis was going to be on the bench and Tony Bradley was going to get, you know, more minutes. Yeah. Um, Ed Davis came with a, a proven track record. And, and for some reason, it just hasn't been what everyone thought it was. I'm sure it hasn't been what he hoped it was. And for Jazz fans, um, it was nice that we had someone in the system, you know, Tony Bradley, who'd play a few years with the Stars. And who really showed that um, he he has a lot more upside than than maybe a lot of us thought. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you remember this because it was so long ago, but I think I had him as one of my like surprises of the year, like my picks for surprises on the team. Sure, you did, and I did. I totally well, how did. convenient because I can remember you. Yeah, giving me crap for some reason, but how convenient. No, he he definitely showed up, and there honestly, I'm not gonna lie. There were times when I was like, oh my gosh, Tony Bradley, come on, man. But there are also times when I was like, yeah, Tony Bradley, that's what's up. So I don't know. Hopefully that can continue. You know, hopefully he can continue to to find his place, uh, you know, get get more and more playing time and and kind of keep showing us that that he's, you know, legit. I think he, he will. fits in. I think he will. I mean, the progress is there. He's still it's... like crazy young, too. I know that's that's uh, kind of a cliche, but he's way young. Yeah, I think he's the youngest on the team. <laughs> yeah. And he's been in, around for a long time. So. I don't know. It's good to see. It's good to see that improvement. That's something that the Jazz and, and Coach Quinn's staff just kind of bring to the table. They'll yeah. help you get better no matter who you are. So, um, And then my last thing is just newcomer of the year, which I think we both agree here is is Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, you know, it would have been nice if it was Mike Conley, but Mike Conley, it seemed like it took a little bit, you know, obviously with his injuries and things, he didn't have the time that he needed. Uh, by the end there, he seemed like he was fitting a lot better, but bogey just across the board like i was so happy with that pickup uh, uh and like and so happy that 
Miritich decided to leave the NBA mm-hmm. because it might be Miritich that we're talking about here. But I don't know. Bogey had a great year. Obviously, he had the buzzer beaters that I just those are the highlights that I could just replay over and over. They just yeah. get me so fired up, man. I agree. You know, Bogey came to the team. The the crazy thing going into this season is we ultimately had three guys in our starting lineup that were leading scorers on their NBA teams last year. Yeah. Right? I mean, Bogey was the leading scorer in Indiana last year. Conley was the leading scorer in Memphis. And then we had Donovan on, on our team. Yeah. So we had a lot of firepower. We haven't been sure how it was going to go together or we weren't sure to begin with. And uh, maybe we're still not sure. But Bogey definitely um, was consistent. You know, most of the time, you just look the other way and the dude had 20. Did we? Do you know if we finished the season uh, with the highest three-point percentage? Was that? Um, if we didn't, we were close because I know we were in the mix and at the top for the last uh, two or three weeks of the season. Yeah, it's... Uh I, I don't know. I would look it up right now, but I'm not that smart with my computer. I can't do two things at once. But uh, I know that for most of the year, we were in that top five at least, right? Top three even. We for were sure. on top for a while. Yeah. So we obviously had some... We got better at shooting. Uh, our three-pointers were, were going in. So that was good to see. But uh, let me ask you, like, what was your, what's been your biggest surprise, I guess, of the year? What was it? I the guess? Whole se- of the whole season? Yeah, positive or negative? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the biggest surprise was um, how hard a, a fit Conley has been you know and there is reasons there's reasons you know there's injuries there's uh, there's a bunch of contributing factors but going into the year um I really thought that it would be you know a quicker adjustment yeah I did too I think honestly the correct answer <laughs> is uh the coronavirus no I'm just kidding <laughs> obviously that was the biggest surprise of the year and continues to be the biggest surprise but you're right about Conley I mean I was super pumped to bring him in. Uh, I'm still kind of, you know, happy with it. I mean, it didn't go as bad as I think everyone remembers. Oh yeah, I, I don't have, I don't have any negative feelings about it outside the injuries. I would say, yeah, I still, mean. still feel, I still feel positive about the future and these guys coming together. I mean, I think we were headed back that direction, you know, when the season stopped. It seems like we're just a couple of hamstrings away from really, really making it, you know? <laughs> it seems like every year it's just someone's hamstring, whether it's Ricky Rubio's or Mike Conley's, you know? Um, I will say also, I was pretty surprised that, uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised per se, but that Dante Exum got shipped out. I mean, I wasn't expecting it going into the year, but yeah, uh, obviously it had to happen. And obviously it was a very positive thing for the Jazz. And hopefully it continues to be, a, you know, I, I hate saying it, but or saying it so much, but really I just want Jordan Clarkson back on the, on the squad. Yeah. You know? I think it was a good move for Dante too. We had, um, you know, a number of years that we right. invested into him and it just, it, it wasn't a good fit. It didn't work out. So mutually beneficial. I, I think, hope so. I think he went somewhere where he can, you know, get, get the playing time that he needs and, and just really find out who he is as a, as an NBA player. Absolutely. Know? So it looks like we're up against one other break. One more, only one more. Let's just do one more break. One more break. Thanks for listening to us here. Stick around. More of the Jazz Fan Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. How many ways are there to score in a basketball game? We'll tell you. Four. There are four ways to score. Attacking the basket, foul shooting, the mid-range game, and shooting threes. And guess what? Most kids can do one of those. 
Let Complete Shooter make a multi-dimensional basketball player out of your child. Complete Shooter is taught by a man who has coached over 3,000 basketball games and realized that kids are playing one-dimensional. It's not a problem till high school when the opposing team starts checking out your moves and sees what you've got. And if you're one-dimensional, they know how to shut you down. That means your career in basketball will be nothing but average. For the past 10 years, Complete Shooter has been coaching and teaching players to master all four ways to score. Want your son or daughter to become a multi-dimensional basketball player? Call Kirk Miles at 801-814-1026 or visit online at completeshooter.com. Learn how to score four ways. Be multi-dimensional with completeshooter.com. Thanks for joining us here on the Jazz Fan Show. Uh, every Saturday at noon, Kelby Jones, Ryan Van Dorn. That's it, our names. Dude, I've never heard my name first before. That's so weird. It is. It doesn't yeah, make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right, you know? <laughs> no, it's, so, it's good to be back, you know? It's nice to, to actually put some effort into this, you know? It's nice to talk about the Jazz. It's nice to, you know, think about the good old days and... You know, together, let's just be positive about the the future because good things are going to happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're going to all get through this. It's going to be over. And um, <laughs> someday. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Hey. No, no, it will. I agree. It's it's all good. I, I was a little nervous that we would forget how to do this, you know, after yeah. such a long break. But here we are and we kind of have. So we apologize. <laughs> no, just kidding. We'll, get be- we'll be better next week. It's been good. You know, if you take about three weeks to kind of gather up topics, it's you got you got some things to talk about. Yeah. So, um, Where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, I do have a few more things to, to talk about this week. Uh, I don't know if you remember my my go-to segment uh, from before this break, but uh, Google alert, Utah Jazz Google alert. Oh yeah. So if you just go to Google, you type in Utah Jazz, then you hit news, you can kind of see what's been going on. You know, obviously most of those articles are going to be about uh, Donovan and Rudy's relationship. And that's stupid at this point. Like that's, that's been put to bed, I hope. So um, the first thing I want to talk about, Trevor Booker, you remember former jazz man, I do. How many years was he here? I don't remember. Two. Was it just two? Two years. It's so crazy. Yeah. Because I don't know a jazz fan that doesn't look back and and really like that dude. Huge fan favorite. Yeah. And in fact, it seemed like anytime there was a roster spot even close to available, people were like, Trevor Booker, Trevor Booker, come on. I, I don't know. Why do you think why do you think that is? Because he hustled and because uh yeah. He was just kind of a, a locker room glue guy. You know what I mean? Glue people, guy. People love him. And also, do you remember? He used to throw down some dunks, man. He did. He had hops. He could get up and get up quickly. He also, I mean, we all remember also the most famous shot that he ever took, right? Yeah. Where, the, how much time was there left on the clock? Less than a second. Less than a second. He didn't even turn around. He just barely touched the ball. Yep. Uh, you know, dropped it over his head and it yeah do you, i just remember seeing the look on russell westbrook's face who was guarding him like what the heck are you kidding me and he just runs down the floor laughing everyone's laughing it i will say didn't really love the pass came from you know gordon but we're past that we are definitely past, past that don't really love uh watching him in a jazz uniform these days but no it's really i mean it's it, he was a fan favorite i loved watching trevor booker i really liked the hustle that he brought and the didn't he fight somebody on the Lakers once too? Didn't he fight 
Roy Hibbert or something. He might have got at least come close. Yeah. He I, might have got, uh, you know what? He might have got ejected for sticking up for another him? player. Didn't he smack him in the face? I don't remember that part. I'll have to look it up. I'm yeah. pretty sure that he smacked him in the face because I can remember Alex Bur- Alec Burks afterwards just dying laughing on the camera. <laughs> like the fact that he like open hand slapped Roy Hibbert. He might have. I could be wrong on those details, but I remember for some reason when I think of Trevor Booker, I think about him fighting a Laker. So hey, even if it's not true, I like the story. Yeah, that'll, but, that'll get you some love in Utah no matter what. And and the hustle will, you know, really the hustle gets noticed here. Yeah. Um, Gordon Monson was actually um, Gordon and Jake on the big show. We're talking with um, with Booker this last week, actually a couple days ago. Yeah. And um, they were they were talking about the hustle and Gordon brought up a good point. Like he feels like our market really, um, really likes that. I mean, every team wants a guy that hustles, yeah. but, but that means a lot to us here, you know, and, and we notice it. Yeah. So I think that's the, it is crazy that he was only here two years, a long time ago, but we still talk about him. I mean, just a good guy came and did some good things while I was here. That's a good point though. Like just the fact that we recognize and appreciate hustle no matter what. Like even if the team is losing, if they're, you know, if you can tell that they're putting forth effort, we're going to love those guys, you know, you know, even if it's not the best of years. It makes a big difference. So that that's interesting. That's, that's, that is, I feel like we even like, there are certain guys that we reject as being a good fit for the team just because, you know, they're not as, they don't have that hustle that, that we like to see, even though they're like incredibly talented players and everything we're just like ah, i don't know yeah. i don't think they hustle enough i think they just like themselves too much i don't know we have embraced the underdog in every way shape or form right and if that's what we need <laughs> that's a blessing and a curse yeah. right <laughs> but if that's what we need to get her done let's keep doing it i don't know if you know this but underdogs are underdogs for a reason in a lot of cases so <laughs> but no it's uh i mean it's sad to see him out of the game for good but uh you know he had a great career buddy and thanks for the time you gave to the Jazz. Yeah. Um, Come back and say hi. That's right. That's right. Uh, the next thing that we should probably talk about, Donovan Mitchell, the Don issue number two. I'm excited. Uh, how do you feel about it? Have, you seen, have you seen the colors? Yeah. Well, I've seen yeah. a couple of them. I was going to ask you, man. Are you going to keep going with this? Heck yeah. <laughs> You're not just going to go with the original oh, issue? Oh, no. So if, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Ryan Van Dorn in his office has an entire shelf that's overflowing with shoes. He has every version of the Don issue number ones in there. And like, I honestly, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't think less of you if you just did the originals, man. Hey, I'm not a quitter. Okay. I am not a quitter. It's time to go on to, to issue two. And I think it's kind of cool. The issue two is coming out. Um, I like the, the colors that we've seen. I like the style. I think it's a, you know, it's different than, uh, issue one. And, I mean, I, I know there was some comments of people that didn't like him, but you know, that's going to happen no matter what. So you've been following me then is what you're saying. <laughs> no. You don't like, you don't like the color. I, I don't know. I'll have to see him in person. I honestly, when I saw the original pictures of him, maybe it was just the way that the pictures were or something, but I kind of, I wasn't super stoked on it, but that's just me. Hope everyone else seems to be pretty happy about it. And even my wife was like, I, she really likes the green ones, the really bright green ones that they put out. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I look forward to uh, seeing yours when you buy them all. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, if I win the uh, lottery anytime soon, I'll probably go bid on uh, on Donovan's auction. Yeah. Because um, I think 
Do you know what that auction's called? No. I should look it up, but it's a challenge, and the money's all going, obviously, to a good cause. But what uh, Donovan's put up for grabs is um, basically, in advance, the first four Don issue twos um, is part of the deal. You get four courtside tickets to a jazz game. You get a meet and greet with Donovan afterwards, and you get the shoes and the jersey that he wears during that game. Dang. Yeah. Starting bid, $10,000. Isn't that's pocket change, right? Yeah, it's going to uh, especially right now. It's going to go up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I think those come out uh, July fifteenth, is what he said, or something like that. They debut that day or something. So, which is actually my mom's birthday. So, happy birthday, mom! Yeah, shout, shout out to mom, right? I'll, um, I'll get some shoes for me on her birthday. You're gonna have to get another shelf, man. I know they're not gonna fit in the studio here. You're right. So, um. No, I look forward to that. I think it's going to be interesting. It's it's cool. It's cool, honestly, just that there's a jazz player that has his own shoe and that it's so popular and that it's doing so well. Yeah. I've been rocking my... I just have the black and white issue ones. I've been rocking those all over my house. It's been great. Good. So um, look forward to that. Next thing I want to talk about, there's a Michael Jordan documentary coming out. Yes, there is. Uh, ESPN pushed it out a little early so that we could view it, you know, during this a house arrest order or whatever. Yeah, that's nice of him. <laughs> that was nice of him. I'm I'm interested. Yeah. You know, I'm interested. You, I, you'll watch it then for sure? I will watch it. Um so it's 10 parts by the way. Yeah. 10 part documentary. It's called The Last Dance. Uh Michael Jordan is quoted as saying that it will make you think he is a horrible person. Uh let's see. He says when people see this footage, I'm not sure they're going to be able to understand why I was so intense why I did the things I did, why I acted the way I acted, and why I said the things I said. That's what Jordan says. He says, when you see the footage, you're going to think that I'm a horrible guy, but you have to realize that the reason why I was treating, it says Scott Burrell, like that is because I needed him to be tough in the playoffs and we're facing the Indianas and Miamis and New Yorks in the Eastern Conference. He needed to be tough, and I needed to know that I could count on him, and those are kind of those are the kind of things where people see me acting the way I acted in practice. They're not going to understand it. <laughs> Have you, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories about Mike Jordan. Uh, that, that gets me more excited to watch it for a couple of <laughs> reasons. Number one, um, you know, maybe they didn't sugarcoat everything and you're yeah. going to get to see some real moments that, you know, maybe don't look him, make him look as good. But the, the other thing, I don't know, um, Man, I don't know if you have to have that type of intensity or that type of attitude to be, you know, to, to compete as one of the best in the world. Yeah. But it seems like some level, <laughs> some level of being that competitive, that intense, um, it, it's required if you're going to if you're going to get to to the, the top. Well, we've seen I mean, everyone knows like how Kobe was. That's been a big uh, focus lately, that Mamba mentality. But that really kind of just is you know, that, that originated kind of with Michael Jordan because Kobe, that's who he wanted to be was Michael Jordan. I don't know if you've seen those videos where it just cuts back and forth between the two, but it's almost seamless. Like they had the same game and they had the same attitude in a lot of ways too. Yeah. I think it's a, I, I, I don't think it's a, a bad thing, but I can understand why it, it could come across that way. Yeah. Um, I'm it's, I think I will watch it. I think I might have to skip some parts though. Okay. I, I don't know, man, maybe this is something that we should do on the show, but I still kind of need some therapy from that. You know, <laughs> that game six, that the, the push off or whatever. No, I think it's just going to solidify that that's really what happened. Yeah. They're going to say in the documentary, <laughs> the jazz should have won the championship. 
Michael absolutely pushed off here. We'll play it in slow motion. <laughs> I Yeah, we'll see, I guess. I don't really want to relive it, though. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm tough. And tough, you know, times you know it's just person. they're going to spend like an hour on that shot, dude. And you're going to have to watch Brian Russell slip over and over and over. You're going to have to hear Michael Jordan talk about how... You know, he had the flu, quote unquote, the flu or whatever, you know, during all that stuff. I just, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough watch. I think I'll watch it just because everyone's watching it and I'm pretty bored, but, and there were some other, I mean, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of highlights of like his early, early career when he wasn't just destroying the jazz in the finals, you know? Oh, I thought, I thought you were watching a lot of highlights of your junior jazz career. No, no one, no one was there to tape those. Oh. Those are all just legends and myths. So painful memory. <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't know. I, I think we all kind of know who Michael Jordan is. So it'll be it'll be interesting to kind of have that reaffirmed to us. And I think a lot of people honestly lately have been talking about how that like Kobe was better than Jordan and that LeBron James even now is better than Jordan. But I think it'll be a good reminder for us to kind of see exactly how good he was and just he like he's greatest. He's a goat. Yeah. Hands and down. Not, not to mention, it might be a public service announcement to not gamble on sports you're playing in. That's right. Yeah. Could could, could, could be. be. Could be. I don't know. Are you just to take that out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Take a break. I'm not taking that out, man. <laughs> no, I do know for a fact that he punched Steve Kerr in the face once in practice. I can see that. So that's just that's just the, the tip of the iceberg there. So no, I think uh, April, that comes out soon. I don't know when that Tune comes in. out. Yeah. Just, I think this starting like tomorrow is yeah. when it starts. But everybody has plenty of time to go look. So, okay. Last thing I want to talk about, then we can go. You know, I'll I'll let I'll let You'll us, let us go. I'll let us go. Um, Thank you, Quinn Snyder. They showed him when Mike Conley won the horse uh, tournament. Yeah, they showed Quinn Snyder, and my wife, uh, her comment was, "He looks so much younger. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely he has a different look." I had, I honestly had to do a double take. Like when I saw um, a pitcher, <laughs> I didn't know who it was to begin with. He does. Yeah. It, it's pretty funny. He looks so much more relaxed. It, it's like, it kind of makes me happy to be honest. <laughs> like it, just to know that he's able, been able to take kind of a break. Not to mention like we forget cause it wasn't very like a very public thing, but like he lost his father recently and stuff. And I'm sure that was stressing him out and he had to deal with basketball kind of at the same time you know so I'm, I'm sure this break has been kind of welcomed by him he, he definitely seems rested definitely looks younger it's I don't know it's kind of cool to see it is cool to see I think it goes back to what we were saying about people that are at the top of of whatever they're doing yeah in, you know in the world to compete you got to be a little crazy and you got to <laughs> be a little intense and I think when you get to the NBA season coach Quinn is is intense and and you know crazy as they come and i love it yeah i love it too but i'm also happy for him when he gets a break you know you're right he kind of looks like an indie rocker man <laughs> looks like he should be playing in local natives or whatever but i don't know it's good to see hopefully we see him on you know on the bench here yeah well and it's good to see you again oh, thanks, thanks for coming buddy. back oh uh, we're definitely gonna be around uh next saturday at noon make sure you tune in um we appreciate it we're gonna be talking about you know, the jazz stories that pop up, maybe some more memories, and um, we've got a couple of guests lined up that you might recognize as well. There's a lot of people that um, aren't working as much around the, the jazz right now. A little bit of free time. <laughs> got time to, to talk to us on the show here. So. Our interview just went up. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it, Ryan. Um, maybe I'll start writing for jazzfanshow.com or something, too. 
Let's do it. Thanks for listening. This has been the Jazz Fan Show here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Go Jazz. You got to love it, baby. There's no other way out. It's NBA basketball, Utah Jazz time. I think tonight's the night. You've been listening to the Jazz Fan Show on the Zone Sports Network. Presented by TridayTrading.com. To catch a podcast edition of this or any other show, log on to 1280thezone.com. I'm just enjoying listening. Thank you guys for the entertainment. Or search Jazz Fan Show on any podcasting platform. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.